What's yeah. up, motherfuckers? <laughs> Hi. Can I rant for a second? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some random hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized that people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. That's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC terms apply. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How are you? Hi, friends. How's it going? Donald and I just played tennis. We did. I'm hurting right now. Are you sore? Yeah, I've been. I'm on this real hard workout kick. You know, we you lost weight, by the way. You look good. I'm, I got to get skinnier. I got to get down a little bit more. I know, but, but I want. I want you to know that I see that you're looking good. Good work. I'm putting the work in. Like if I miss Peloton, I'm going to the. I go. All right. So look, I go to this gym, Unbreakable Performance. I got to shout them out because I've been going there for so long, and they have an outdoor facility right now that's really dope, and I've been. You know, putting the work in, lifting weights, you know, uh, they're, you know, like I said, they're really safe. I've been boxing and stuff. Uh, you know, I can't stay at home and motivate myself enough to work out every day. Yeah. So the Peloton is great. Cody, I love you, bro. Thank you so much. <sighs> I don't much know that he listens yet. I don't know that Cody listens yet, but we're going to get even him. If he does, even if he doesn't, I love you, bro. Thank you so much. Like, for real, man, Cody's going to, when it's all said and done, these Peloton instructors are going to be like Peloton famous, man. I That's know. real talk. I really want to have a, I want to hang out with Cody one day. That'd be great. I want to be appreciate friend. Him. I appreciate him, and I appreciate Unbreakable Performance. Thank you guys for it. Thanks for put, helping me, you know. Start this journey again. Well, I joke. I joke about it, and I say, you know, in my next comeback after this comeback, I'll get really ripped. Well, you look good. Um, Thank you. And I know that it's hard, and I'm at it. I'm working at it too. And I got to say that. So Donald is that person. Maybe you listeners have a friend who cannot play tennis for years and then come back and be doing like trick shots behind his head. Hmm. And everyone else that's been taking lessons the whole time is like, oh Jesus. 
You played really well today, man. You I were did. the most consistent was, out of everyone today. I won, I won MVP, according to Chris, you, our teacher. Yeah, definitely. Chris Crab, shout out. You um, definitely but, were MVP today. You won a lot of your games. I'm just in my head. You know, I have a a sports tick. Is that it? Is that what you call it? You got know, the bug? You, no. Um, what do you call it when you... I have a mind thing with my forehand. You saw, like, I was running around my forehand to get to my backhand because I'm just, like, in a fuck my head about wow. my forehand. It's fucked up. But so I run around it, and I, and bizarrely, most people have more trouble with their backhand. My backhand's consistent. Yeah. You need to work on your forehand, but I know, that's bro. The case. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. but I'm telling you that I get into a groove with it. Right? You sound like country clubs. Country club snobs, you need to focus on your forehand. No, bro. but dude, and I'm, then she I thought the fans would appreciate the ball. I thought the fans would appreciate that I'm talking about sports for a second. I, uh, you know, I just I, there's times where I can hit it fine. I'm just in my head about it. Blah blah blah. You, blah, you blah, gotta, blah. you just gotta work on your forehand. You work on your forehand. You're golden, dude. I know. I'm gonna get good. That was fun. I love tennis. Um, I gotta high. I gotta start off the show just by telling everyone to watch the Billie Eilish documentary. Uh, it's on Apple, and it was amazing. I haven't seen it. It's incredible. I knew I don't know anything about Billie Eilish other than you know her her hit songs and that she won all those Grammys. This documentarian follows her. R. Uh, J. Cutler is his name. He did a he's a, a famous documentarian, and he followed her for a year. The key year where she like there's footage of them recording in her brother's uh, Phineas's bedroom. All the way through to them winning all the Grammys, and I have the, a, I have a question. But let me just tell you that you know okay. some documentaries you feel like oh this is just a fucking PR bullshit. She really gave the whole family gave this documentarian such access, and and it just is really special. I love documentaries and I love music documentaries, and I'm telling you all to watch this. And what an incredible family she has. Her parents are incredible. Her brother is incredible. I just I, I I've been thinking about it all day. It's one of those, so I, I highly recommend it. How did they know she was gonna blow up like that, though? Like, wouldn't they? Like, how would they bet? This is the crazy thing. How do you document something like that before you know it's going to be? Successful? I think no, because I'll answer that because there was an album before that was getting her insane traction. Not gotcha. the one that not the one that made her a global name and won hundred Grammys. But before, she was becoming, like, everywhere. And the kids, you know, young kids were just downloading, streaming her song incessantly. She had a lot. Her Instagram followers were climbing like this. And so they obviously knew something was cooking. So, and, you know, and you see her. You see her. She's doing small venues, but they're selling out. And, right. and then, but she's literally, the whole album is made on a laptop and a piano and a mic in her brother's fucking tiny bedroom. She's talented also, but he's... You know, he's, well, he's, he's he won producer. He won producer yeah. of the year that year. Think about this was what's crazy about it. I love these stories, dude. They're they're just a brother and sister. You know, they're just really good friends. They love music. They've been playing music their whole lives. Their parents got them into music. They're just sitting in his bedroom writing songs. And then this guy wins producer of the year, beating out people in zillion dollar studios with all the fancy musicians in the world. And this young girl, she's seventeen years old when this is being shot. And her voice, I had no idea. I'm sorry, I don't know enough about Billie Eilish, but her voice is incredible. She's got the skills. And he's the mastermind producer. They write it together. I don't know. I sound like I'm the press agent for this documentary, but I'm telling you, and you can watch it if you're listening and you have teenagers, you can watch it with them. There's not a single, you know, R-rated thing in it. 
and it's fucking awesome. And I, her parents are inspirational. Like they're so supportive and it's just, it's great. Speaking of tennis, Richard Kine is mm-hmm. an amazing tennis player in this show. Well, he's only really good at his serve, but he's here. Should we count in and then bring him in, guys? We have Richard Kind. Let's speed it up. All right, Donald, count us in. Five, six, seven, eight. Here's some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's the stories that you all should know. So gather around to hear our, gather around to hear our, but we watch your wins at and all right, we're very thrilled, everybody. You know, we've been talking about Richard Kind. Let's bring him in. Uh, we we love Richard Kind, and we finally got him. What are you laughing about, Daniel? Just the me- what? I'm sorry. The message that Joel sent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you sent it to me. I, I just I'm sorry. Richard is concerned his cursor on his computer won't work. Yeah, so he switched over to his tablet, so he should be good. We can let him in. Okay, I've been on the phone with Richard while you guys were doing your intro. This is going to be amazing. I was wondering what all the faces were for. You were, like, so nervous, Joel. Well, I just assumed she was watching Rebels on the other TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, should I bring him in? Yeah, bring him yes. in. Richard Kind, everybody. Living fucking legend. There yeah! he is! <laughs> Looking good, too! Hi, guys! Hi, Hi. Richard. Hi, Richard. That's like Joel it. and Daniel, our producers. How are you, Ma? Good nice to see, to see you all. Good to see Richard. you. Richard, kind, I got to tell you, we've been doing this podcast, and the mantra of everyone is like, fuck all those p- other people. Forget that, Bill Lawrence. Bring me Richard Kind. Let me tell you something. My <laughs> friend Rick Milner and his son, Jeff. Yeah. So, you know there's a podcast about scrubs, and you call them and tell them you want to be on. I go, they'll call. <laughs> if i call that's me needy and that's me wanting attention i said don't worry they will call you're so fucking funny richard i i guess first got- of all let, let me tell you i'm very happy and thrilled to be on this but Thanks. it's so nice to see you guys. It's good to see you too. I love man. you guys. I love think you too. Great, we great, played great. we played golf together, Richard and I, for a couple of holes. Yes, actually, we did. Yes, you're we a did. very good golfer. You, I am not. You take your time. You're I, very... used, I used to be a very good golfer. I used to be very smart. There are lots <laughs> of things that have dissipated over the years. But wait, Richard, are you genuinely good at tennis? Because in this episode, your serve is ridiculously on fire. In what episode? Um, we are talking about the oh, episode. Red Oaks? Red this Oaks? Epi- this, uh, the episode of Scrubs that we're talking about. Did you watch it by any chance? No, I haven't seen Scrubs. <laughs> I haven't seen Scrubs in years. Oh, it's a great, it's a great show. Well, don't worry. Well, we're, let's we're, not talk about I've it. heard it's a good show. Are, anyway. you on, are you on a show right now? You do a show right now. Yes. I am the Costco of acting. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I come in quantity and I come cheap. And if I'm on a show, you get well paid, right? Yeah. Yes. Well. yeah. But if the guest on a show, uh, oh, we're thrilled to have you. Oh, you're so good. You're wonderful. Here are a couple of quarters. And then they <laughs> <throw them out. laughs> like a little monkey with a cup. 
Huh. Oh, and my God. Here. Well, here, Richard, go. what I'm saying is that you were on an episode of – you're on multiple, but the but one we were going to focus on today, your your character hurt his – do you remember this? Your character yes. – you think Donald fucked up your shoulder, and 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 but you have in the episode, we cut to you serving, and it's so good that you throw – it hits Johnny C. McGinley, and it throws him against the back wall. Do you remember That's that? That's when he goes left. I, I sort of do. Yes. I, sort of, <laughs> I was a good tennis player. Mm-hmm. But that was high school. And uh, what, what I wasn't a good, what I had was one shot because I was a fat kid and the ball would come to me and I would hit a cross court shot that was pinpoint in the corner so that the guy couldn't return it and I wouldn't have to run. <laughs> I, I, I had to win every point that way. That's what Donald. The, I was good at the net, but if yeah, I really had to reach, I wasn't so agile, but I I was okay at that. Donald does these trick shots. We we play. Uh, we just played today, actually, and he does these. He didn't do any today, Donald, but he does these things where I never. I don't even know what kind of spin it is. He like loops around it like it's a lacrosse stick, and the ball you just you're not you have no fucking chance to touch it. Yes, yes. It's, it's top spin. It's it is top spin, and Donald, you hit the ball, the golf ball, very far. Just not straight, right? Just not straight. You're absolutely right. <laughs> That's because you're putting this spin on. You hit down to the bottom and you turn it over, but God only knows where it's going to be. Because if right. you come over it, then it's it'll going, go like it'll go. Like I know where it's going. If I come over it, I know where it's going. But I don't want it to go that way because you, you don't want it to. You know yeah. that it's going to go into the other fairway. Right, right, But right. a long way into the other fairway. But you're right. strong. You have a good, a, a decent, you know, mobility and everything. But you've gotten better, Donald, haven't you, since you played Richard probably? I've never played him in golf, but I've I played mean, a few holes with him. Right. And um, have you improved since that time? Do you play now? I'm, I'm, I, I haven't played in a couple of weeks. Uh, I played a once. Week? Yeah, I but played are you once. Like, lessons? Are you taking you know, lessons? I, 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 was, I was for a while. I was, you know, I, I was messing with Rondell Barrio, Golf Tech, this dude, David, uh, David Franks at uh, Calabasas Country Club. Like, I've gone to a lot of people to work on my swing. The lowest I've gotten... I shot a 71 at Encino Balboa. Uh, I've shot a 70 at uh, at what like all right. All I'm going to say courses. Those are easy courses. Oh However, no doubt. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say, Richard, no, wait no, a no, rain no, on his parade. 71. It doesn't matter if you can shoot a 71, 70, whatever. If you can shoot below 78, right? You're a good golfer. Well, I the best I've played at a harder course like Rustic Canyon. I shot a 81 at Rustic. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, you'll yeah. kill me. You'll kill me. I had children. Uh. That'll kill your game. <laughs> I, moved, I moved to New York. And New York. Well, New York kills your game. game. That'll kill your game. Kills your game. I've been in New York for over 10 years. You can't go play. But And one of the reasons I moved from Los Angeles was because I became addicted to the game and yeah. the club that I play at. Because you just go there and you sit you play you, you have a drink or anything like that and i would get home to my kids and i i'm falling asleep like trying to play with them and and then <laughs> uh and i would literally uh, this is horrible because i and i love to act but i would say if you can't get me the audition before like 11 30 then i can't make it or until after three or four because that's when i was playing golf so i would yeah. give up what is it in essence jobs? I got news for you. Now that we're on and everybody's going to hear, you asked me, can we switch this time from one o'clock when we tape it to two o'clock? 
Well, if I tape it at two o'clock, that means I get out to the club very late. And I want to go play golf after this. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, so I said, do. I said, I'll compromise and I'll give them 130. Uh, well, thank it. you for doing I love that. It. We so, appreciate so that. that. I know. I, I know. how. I know. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. No, you're not. No, I you're not kidding. It's fine. Donald, Donald's as addicted. I know addicted. how important it is. I know how important it is. And I, yeah, I, and, I, and it's it's still not daylight savings time yet. If right. it were, and I could play it all 8, 830, yeah. but the sun goes down now at 6, 615. All right, so, so Will, uh, Richard, we got to ask you, because we always ask uh, people when they come on, we got to go back to the beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. A very, a very good, good place to start. start. Um, how did you, uh, you, you don't have to go like the give us the novel version, but give us the cliff notes. How did you get started in, in, in being a working successful actor? Because you've been in nine zillion things. Um, very fancy filmmakers and very fancy showrunners love you and continue to cast you. And you have a career that actors would dream of because you've had such longe longevity. I, I, I will tell you, I'm going to be humble and bragging at the same time. Go. I am the luckiest man in show business because when I was a kid, uh, Archie Bunker and Adam West were two of the biggest stars and heroes of who I wanted to be. Oh my God, Carol O'Connor was magnificent, not just as uh, Archie Bunker, but I knew his stuff before. And he, he got pigeonholed into being Archie Bunker. Mm -hmm. One of the most magnificent actors, you would never guess it. Adam West certainly was only Batman. And it was my goal as an actor to not be them. Mm or not have their career. I wanted to be in as many things as I possibly could in, in, in everything. I mean, I know you've done Broadway. I've done lots of shows on Broadway. And I, before the pandemic, would be in a show a year somewhere. You know, nobody sees it, uh, you know, because it's a limited audience, but it's theater. So I wanted to be in as many things as I could. And when I was on Spin City, everybody was going, oh, you're gonna be the breakout character. You'll be the breakout character. And I didn't have any publicity. I didn't want, I, I did not want to be known as Paul Lasseter. So I didn't do a lot of publicity or anything. And I know this sounds crazy. I have the career that I wanted. I yeah, really man. do. I get to do, I've done opera. I do radio. I do, I do sitcoms. I do, I'm going to be in, in, I'm doing a movie uh, coming up in New Mexico where it is not funny at all, and I'm playing a gangster. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, the only thing is, is that with more fame comes picking of roles. I can pick and choose roles. I'll get offered more roles, or at least get to audition for more roles, because being a star makes a project that much more uh, um, uh, easy to finance. And I'm not exactly a star. I mean, people don't say, Oh, a Richard Kind movie? I gotta go. You know, they may say while they're watching it, oh, I like that guy, but they will not run out of their house to go see a but Richard you're, but, but you're saying, but you're saying you you there was a fork in the road and you chose that path. I wish I could say it was an absolute fork in the road. It was not. It was a realization. Uh, well, for, for, well no, I mean, but, I mean, just no, for example, I, you could, I, no, for example, you're on Spin City. You're saying I chose not to do publicity. You could have milked the fuck out of I, that. I guess I could have. I don't, I would not have been a star. I might've had more fame, 
It's just I did not want to be pigeonholed into that role. But um, but so so don't don't think I, I could. But also look at who you're talking to. I will not be the lead of anything of any of any movie and maybe even TV show. Now I can be a lead in a play because the economic consequences of a play aren't as strong as a movie or a TV show. But you got to get a, a, a good looking guy. You got to get somebody who is, I don't want to say middle of the road, but but is somebody who is appealing that you want to turn tune into. Mm-hmm. I'm a satellite character. Mm-hmm. Always proud to be a satellite character. You, you got to know like, who you are. You sound like a producer. And I'm, I'm going to be when you when you talk like that. But I I'm I tend to agree with you and I tend to agree with you as of late, late in my life, as of recently. As of actually this morning, um, I was watching. I was watching WandaVision, right? And everybody knows this about me. I want to be in Star Wars. I want to be in Marvel. I even think Star Wars and Marvel know I want to be in that. So I've said, I've right. I'm pretty sure of it. So I've aspired, right? My in my whole acting career to be in those movies. Now here's the thing, or in in those TV shows. Now here's the thing. What happens if I get it? Then what do I aspire to be after that? You know what I mean? I got. Oh, in, in other words, be careful of what comes true. Yeah, because be, you, because that then, well, you're wrong. Okay, <laughs> you're wrong. Okay. When I was a kid, I had three dreams. Now most kids want to be like Mick Jagger or uh, or or play center field for the Yankees or something. Mine was I wanted to be in a Stanley Kubrick movie, a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> And a an original uh, Stephen Sondheim Hal Prince musical. Stanley Kubrick's dead. Woody Allen wasn't hiring me, and I auditioned for a Stephen Sondheim Hal Prince musical and got it. That's great. And wow. I was the lead. Wow! Oh my God! Wow! I was the lead. It was the dream of a lifetime. And I sing, but not well enough to be in a Sondheim musical. But he likes actors better than singers. And I sang well enough to do his stuff. It's unbelievable. And Sondheim and Prince split in 1982 after Merrily We Roll Along. And Harold Prince didn't didn't uh, direct any of his plays anymore. They happened to got back get back together. And I did it. And this was over 10 years ago. And I continue to work. I work so much that I did a Woody Allen movie. Mm-hmm. which I'm really proud of. It's not a huge, great part, but I was part of it. I almost was with Zach. I know you were. I, I, I have to admit, with all due respect to the gentleman who got the role, I was hoping that it was going to be you. Richard was up for the part of uh, in, in Bullets Over Broadway. Right. Um, because Richard, I have to say, and I've said this on the podcast many times, I I know what you're saying about being a satellite character. I'm one of those people, when I see your face, and you work a lot, so I see your face all the time, I, a giant smile comes across my face. If I, had, if I was not in this business at all and just a fan of acting, I would, I, I, would just be, I, I would just be a giant fan of yours. I just think that you are so talented and so funny. I know that you do drama as well, but when I just see you and you could say in, this, in, in Scrubs, you say one sentence and I just start giggling. Time for rebuttal? Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's um I saw you um, in the show you know, that I, I've spoken about here before, um, called The Other The Other Two. Is that are you on that? 
Oh, yeah. You, the other two. You yes. don't even remember. You do so many shows, you don't remember. You're um, you're somebody's agent. Uh, yeah. the, yes. And, uh, and it was a, a small show, Richard. I love the show. I'm sure they're going to make more I agree seasons. with it. I think it'll be back. It's back, I think, without me. Uh, what but, the but, hell but I, is bullshit? My, I was I, sort of a one-joke conceit, and it had run its course, so I don't oh. blame My point is, this, but this morning, when watching WandaVision, I was like, right. why am I so worried about being on all of this. I'm a working actor. I have so many credits behind me now. Maybe just focus on what I'm good at. And if it comes, it comes. You know what I mean? I enjoy being a fan of it too, you know? Well, so also, maybe just I, enjoy I, I, the I fandom. And you, you are right. But first of all, you're really good or you wouldn't have the career you have. Right. The second thing is, Maybe we're not always great, mm. but we're never bad anymore because we've been around. Right. You've done how many episodes of Scrubs did you right. do? Over a hundred and something. And if then you're not good, hundreds if you're of not episodes, good by now, right. yeah. Right. If you don't know how to work a camera, if you don't know how to get the tone of a scene or parse a script and deliver what the writer wants. Well, you then, then, then what you're was I thinking? What was I doing? The, right. I'm an idiot then, if that's the case. You are. After all I'm saying. Stuff. You're you absolutely right. Right. So you can get into, into something and you've got a career that a, a backlog of stuff that people can say, oh, he's more than just this. And my, my friend, Michael Boatman, you know, Michael Boatman? He, yeah. He's, he was he's, on he's, Scrubs, yes. of course. He says, we are at the point in our career, of which you guys are, certainly, that we will always be better than good. We will always deliver. There might be some who will be great and there might, or will, who will be better. There might be certain roles that we will be great in and we were not able to achieve greatness, but we will always deliver because we're good. We're just good. It's not that we were, for some people are just blessed. Uh, you know, some people, you know, people with a smoldering lust and, and sexuality. I do <laughs> like not you. have that. I disagree. I disagree. Okay. However, but, but those are gifts somehow. But we have amassed a talent and a, and a credibility and, and, a, and a facility of how to do our job. And we'll just be fine. Do you That's still um, have the hunger, Richard? Like when you, when you, when someone says we want you to read and 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 uh, and you get and you get the script and it's a really good part. Do you, do you find yourself going, oh shit, I want to work on this one. I really want this. All right, I got a couple answers for you. Yes, I do, and it's the silliest thing that makes me jump up and down because <laughs> I because I was I actually of as of this time I was offered something yesterday that was. More money than I've ever made in my life. Wow. Congratulations. More money than ever. I, I don't make that much. But this was more money. And I turned it down because two weeks in a in quarantine and then being on the set of a very good script. But I was parsley. I was the, the overpaid extra. I had one decent scene that was maybe a page and a half, two pages. Otherwise, I'm just part of a dinner family where I have one line and you got to be away from your family for that. And I would, I would kill myself mm. yeah. that that would really make me unhappy. It would have made me unhappy. Forgive me in bullets over Broadway because that was, I didn't have a song and the part was really chopped down 
yeah. from what it was in the movie. And I was, it was, although I, I happen to love the production. Well, didn't they give him the song at the end, the banana song? No, uh, um, that banana song was uh, started by um, somebody else. But uh, okay. um, and also the thing with the that contract was I didn't know if if you were it was a year. Been, and- you would have been no, it was a year. Everyone, no matter who you were, you had to sign up for a year. Right. And I was like, what a year? And I was gonna I, I was gonna pass on it because I was. But but my friend was like, bro, like what yeah. are you talking about? You're not gonna pass on starring in a Woody Allen Broadway, Broadway musical right. and, and a, and a Stroman Stro- musical and Susan Stroman, yeah. And you were challenged every night. Yeah, it was very hard. Truly, truly challenged every night. You know, it's. I was thinking about this last night. Um, this is, I guess, a, a, a bit of a non sequitur, but I was thinking about just in terms of the theater and I was thinking, I, I, you know, you know, most of our listeners aren't in the entertainment industry, Richard. So I sometimes just explain that in, in the theater world, in the New York theater world, uh, it really, whether the show is successful or not, it comes down to the review of the New York times. It used to, it doesn't anymore, but it used to. Okay. Well, all I'll tell you is for book for, for bullets over Broadway. It did. I got to tell you that bullets over Broadway was supposed to run. My contract was for a year. And and Richard, I'm sure you've been through this, and Donald's d- done done theater too. But you you're playing to preview houses, meaning the critics aren't allowed to come yet. You're working out the right. kinks. We're playing to sold out houses in a giant theater. It was like a 2,700 seat theater, sold out. That we have to stop the show because they're laughing so hard. We have to. There was one moment they would give it for Nick for for the late great Nick Cordero. They would give a standing ovation in the middle of the show for a dance number. We were on fire. We open that night, the night you open it, like midnight, the reviews come out. The Times didn't destroy it, but was meh. And um, the next night, it was like golfer's claps. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, this is what's so fucked up about it. Everyone coming into that theater now went, oh, this isn't that good because Ben Brantley didn't love it. And it's now true. we're going to watch it differently. And you, if you're, in, if you're in the play, you're like, what the fuck happened? We haven't changed anything. You're right. But you they had just correct. been conditioned that this you is correct. not good. Yeah, It's horrible. In fact, what it is, what it really is, is, is a review could make or break the success of a play. But now a review can make or break the audience's attitude towards a play. Yes. And that, that's horrible. It's because I never I love the theater. It's my it's my favorite thing in the world, and I and I and I I get so much joy out of it. I never read a review before I go because I want to experience the play anew. Of course, if you're into the theater community, you hear the buzz of oh, everyone's talking about this show. But the last thing I want is someone telling me oh, this scene sucks. It's funny. There was one big number. There was a hot dog number, if you recall. And it was so silly. They were dancing hot dogs. It was all about, it was just a giant dick joke for, but it was hilarious. And the audience would be, you could look and you'd see them holding their bellies. And that next, and that next night it was like. That's just terrible. It's terrible. Well, they certainly had it out for Woody. Yeah. But what's unusual is they had it out for Stro. And that's, she doesn't deserve that. Yeah, I yes. think that Susan Stroman, um, you know, if, for those of you not in the know, is is very, very A-list, uh, a huge musical theater director in, in New York. And she, uh, her first giant hit, I believe, Richard, was The Producers, right? It was The Producers, yeah. Yeah. And it almost felt like there was animosity towards her, like, how dare you be Absolutely. that successful? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And she works the hardest. You've never met anybody so loyal. 
She yeah. does everything from ballet to the opera to to uh, um, uh, to the musicals. She's great. She even did the movie of uh, the producers, which yeah. did deserve the dreadful reviews it got. However, she is great. You did the great producers, person. didn't you? I did on, on Broadway and at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow. I have a question. Go ahead. What is this what is this rule though? Now, I don't like this is the one thing I do not like about Broadway. If you revive, How dare you? How dare you? This the only Broadway thing, you're talking about. Yes. This, this these is people the need thing. these people need our support right now, not any criticism. Absolutely. This is the only thing. When it comes to Tony Awards, how come somebody like if let's say Let's say Zach did Bullets Over Broadway, and he wins the Tony for Bullets Over Broadway, then leaves. Then somebody else comes in and oh, does Bullets Over Broadway. That's a good How question. come they Why can't, can't win? Why can't that it? person win? Yeah. Why can't that person win? If, and and so what if they Zach won? His ego isn't going to be hurt if that person wins. If that person gets nominated, there sometimes is talk. The replacement is even better. Yeah, sometimes and there is talk. It is that. There is talk, Richard. Uh, I I at least heard, but you might know of of them creating a category for best replacement, right? I believe that should be done. However, every once in a while, there is simply a role that you just can't beat. Right. Like if, if Fiddler on the Roof is going to go on, Tevye is always going to win. Or, or Max Bialystok and the producers, they're always going to win because it's the role. Right. Oh, I and see also, also I see. But sometimes, to- Richard, what you're saying is true, that... In, in, and with no disrespect to the person that originated the role, someone might right. come in and be like revelatory. Absolutely. And, and Donald's I was talking right. about this the other day. Um, the uh, Somebody said his most exciting uh, theater experiences was seeing Richard Burton do the original cast of Equus. I said Richard Burton did not create the role, hmm. but he did go into it. And my guess is he was better than the original guy yeah. because he was Richard Burton. Yeah. So, so yeah, and but I, Donald, I think you are correct. I think I don't think it's a bad thing. It, you shouldn't take away from the five original nominees because putting up a show sometimes what they do helps create the character as so good. Yeah. But once the character is established, you are right. A uh, but you can win it for a revival. For a How revival. That's that? the only. That's the only Isn't way it can happen. Oh, yeah. But then it has to. Hey, be- let's talk about TV. I okay, I know. but I just got. I like. I like the revival also because it still has to go through the same work that the original did. You got to start a small theater, then it has to get to a bigger correct. theater. Then that's. I like that. I do like. Yeah, that. Exactly. I could talk. By the way, we've decided this. This episode is called the conversation with Richard Kind, because that's what it is, everybody. And I could talk to you about so many things. You're so knowledgeable about a lot of but, things. But, I know but, you but, have but, to go. What? Wait. One thing that I want to. Get to wait, wait. This about, is called a about, wait, Richard. About, pause. This is called a tease. We're going to be right back after this break. But I have with, something to say. I know, but I'm, I'm but teasing no, the audience. Do I'm doing a drive-by <laughs> of their proverbial genitalia, and we'll be right back. Can I rant for a second, please? Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some random hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized that people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. That's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. 
Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And we're Richard back. Kind. Go ahead. What were well, you saying, Richard Kind? Well, I, I'm full because I just had a huge meal. <laughs> and, uh, now, and now after that break, geez, Louise. I, I hope that I hope that I, you remember what you were going to say. Uh, okay, what I wanted to say. I mean, you talked about. Uh, uh, do I get excited about a script or, or excited about a part? Yes, I do. I you certainly do. Or you pray that you have an opportunity to play that part. I'm going to say something that that might be interesting to you guys. Or I'm one of the idiots that likes auditioning. Really? Why? What? There's a couple of reasons. 
Number one, as an actor, I like to play all different kinds of roles. I may not be, I may not be hired, but for 10 minutes, I got to play that role. Mm. And I can't do it alone in the bathroom. I'm not going to invite friends over and go, hey, <laughs> listen to me do this. Listen to me do Willie Loman. Because, yeah. uh, you know, just here, here, I'll give you a sandwich. And uh, let Although me I would come to see you do Willie Loman in your living room. <laughs> I'd, I, I would love, someday I'd love to do it. But, it, but, but the thing is, you need, uh, an actor needs an audience. And even if it's a kid with a camera, you're still performing. So I happen to appreciate it. Uh, the other thing is, is um, I like being nervous. I like the jitters of like an opening night. Mm. That's fun for me. Mm. Uh, I know I'm not going to die. I know that my life is not on the line. I know nothing's going to happen to my kids, but I get nervous. Like being on a roller coaster can be fun. And so you're going in front of important people. You may get a job. This could be the job that makes you uh, uh, a huge amount of money, brings you fame, and you might be uh, Matt Perry in in Friends. You don't know. Uh, So who knows what this audition is going to bring? Or that the person that you're auditioning for may become a good friend. Whatever it is, but you're nervous. Mm. Things are on the line. Yeah. It's a good way to live. I, I I never heard it put that, like I've, that. I, but I but, but, but I've heard the nerve. I heard the nervous part put like that. I've never heard the actors need to perform. Look at it as a room to perform. I do. Oh, it's an opportunity. That's such an amazing. A, and, that's that's such a golf I'm, analogy I'm, I'm, too. I'm that's else. such a golf analogy, dude. But, it's an opportunity. On. Here's here's another crazy thing that if I'm teaching, uh, which I don't do a lot of, but I, I have. When you go in for an audition, you are going. Oh, dear God, let me get this role. Please let me be good. Please let me be great. I don't go in that way. I go in and I see six people who all want to make Larry David money. They all want the success of Seinfeld. They all want the success of Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's what they want. They want money. They want success. They don't care whether I get the role. They want money. And I go in saying, if, and you have to believe this. You have to believe you're the right actor for the role. But if I, if I believe that, which a lot of times I do, I can do this. I go in with the mindset of, guys, I'm going to help you make a lot of money. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you better, if when you cast me, you better cast around me as good as me because I'll help you make money. I'm going to help make this thing great. Wow. Don't worry. I got your back. It's a but pep most, talk. But, but most people go in going, oh, I got to get this. Oh, I yeah, got to yeah. get this rolling. If you go in with the, with the feeling of I'm going to help you yeah. make the success, that takes all the pressure off of you. Yeah, Richard, I love that. And I, I have to say, from when I'm directing, I, I learned a lot about auditioning when I was directing because <laughs> – you sit. You think that being on the other side of the table is fun. It's fun for about thirty-five minutes, and right. then it's really grueling and stressful because all you're thinking is, "Fuck, we're not going to find this guy or this gal." So what I always say to actors is, "You, you need to." I mean, yours is brilliant, and I'm going to steal it. But I also say, "They're you don't know this. They're rooting for you. They want. They're dying for you to be good. If you're great, they're done. It's great." It did. If you're great, they're going to make money if yeah. you're good. And all you want to do is be good for yourself. Don't guess. Right. They're, they're saying, dear God, 
give me somebody who's good. I agree with you. Now I'm going to bring up something that you're going to hate, but you know that I'm going to bring it up. Go. When you were doing uh, Going My Way. Or go, go. Well, going, when, in when, going in style. Going in style. I auditioned for The Banker at the beginning. Yeah. And I did not have, and I only went on tape and I did not have, I remember not being, not feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. I remember it. And I, of course you care whether or not you get a I part. think I requested you come in for it. Okay, could be. What I wanted to do was not get the role. I wanted to do, I wanted to impress Zach. Oh my God, my heart. That's what I wanted to do. Now, the guy you hired happened to be a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And he's great. Yeah. He's wonderful. Uh, and I, do, do, you, do you mind not getting a role? Oh, yeah, yeah, it happens. Uh, but that, that was my mindset. And it could have gotten in my way of doing a good job. Well, I got to say that what, what, what I think, as I recall, I asked you to come in because I literally, uh, I, when, I, when I'm casting something, I all, and, and it's a, particularly a funny part, I'm like, well, who are the funny people that I like I, working with? I agree. And, I agree. And, and you're at the top of that list. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I really like, and I'm sure there's a lot of actors, uh, uh, listening who, who, who this is, this is really useful advice. The audition process, we've all been groomed our whole lives to be like, and we do it. Oh shit. I'm nervous. Oh shit. Come on, please. Come on, God. Come on universe. Give this to me. But it really comes down to not walking in that room, terrified, walking in that room with your shoulders back going, guys. Let me let me help you. I'm here. Yes. Do this let together. me help you. <laughs> but not you necessarily saying that. You can't say that. No, it's through no, your performance. It's, Let's just be clear. It's, no. it's through the performance. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yes, no, yes. No, actors, please don't, don't walk in the room and loud. say, you're lucky I'm here. Right. You, you don't say it out loud. You go, you don't say, hey, fuckers, you better cast as well as me. This is a good segue into... Can Thank you tell you. us about uh, Spin, your audition for Spin City and, 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 and Bill and how all that went? I got a great story. This oh, is okay. this will take about five minutes. Great story. You can, you can take an hour. Go ahead. Well, he has um, a tea time. He's got a tea time, but take, do, take five minutes. Take time. Yes, but we're talking about me, so I guess I have a lot of <laughs> I'll only I'll only play eight holes. <laughs> yeah, if I can keep talking about me and you can tell me how good I am, I can stick around. Richard, Richard, Richard only has a tea time if we talk about things unrelated to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Gary David Goldberg had a show called Champs. It was about, it was sort of like that championship season. It was the, it was sort of based on his life. It was one coach and five guys who were best friends, of which Gary does have that life. He he had his best friends who were a basketball team from when he was in, in high school. So he made a, 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 a sitcom about that called Champs, and I wanted to read for him. And Gary said, he's not right. He goes, I know Richard Kind. I know him from Mad About he's not, he's not right for it. And I'm going, I, I, I just let me read. He would not see me. That show went the way of most shows, like one season. Then he had Spin City. And he didn't want to see me. And we called the casting director, and the casting director spoke to Bill Lawrence, and Bill wanted to see me. And I said, let me go in and see the casting director first so that I can practice and see it because Gary doesn't want to see me. And Gary says, oh, I know. I know Richard Kind from Mad About You. And he's great. He's great. He's not right for the role. 
Gary didn't want to see me, Bill did. I had a handle on this part. The only thing that would have uh, not gotten it for me is because I was too tall for Michael J. Fox, or I might have been too uh, Jewish, ethnic, New York City for whatever. But otherwise, if they called me back, the role is mine. So I wanted to go into the uh, casting director, and then I went into uh, the uh, in, to, to read for Bill and for Gary, and indeed. I was called back and I literally said to myself, if they called me back, this role is mine. Okay, I'm, I have to go in to meet with Michael. Cut back years before when I was at Second City. Michael J. Fox came to uh, to Second City. He was doing the movie Satisfaction. Let me just pause for those, that don't, for those that don't know, Second City is an improv uh, group. Go ahead. Right. And uh, uh, and I was part of the company. And, I, and whenever somebody famous was in the audience, we would invite them to improvise with us, which we did with Michael. So Michael and Robin Duke are doing a, a scene that was obviously he was the son. She was the mother. It's obvious if I open the door and I say, honey, I'm home. I'm the father and I belong there. I So I come into the scene with uh, honey, I'm home. And Michael bounded one, two, three, and jumped into my arm <laughs> like this. I mean, off the floor and into my arms. Now, a couple of things. I'm strong, but I'm not that strong. <laughs> but Michael J. Fox is so light that anybody's strong to lift him. And he clomped onto me like David Letterman did with Velcro. Do you remember when he did that? Yeah. He yeah. And, went, <laughs> and Michael did that and he hung on like that. When I tell you, and you've got to understand how long time is, there was a 45 second laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and and it, it wasn't that it was that it was Michael was so athletic and agile and knew the laugh. And he just hung on, and I walked around with him. <laughs> on. I, I'm telling you, like a monkey, like a monkey. Was, yeah, it, they were dying. It is a laugh I will always remember. It, in my head, it's like a movie. I can see what it looks like. Right. Memorable. Before I went into the audition, cut to today. Okay, to, to the audition for Spin City. And sometimes I, I don't have a therapist anymore. But at the time, I had a therapist. And it was a good luck thing that I go and see my therapist sometime before I had the audition right. and it would loosen me up. It would make me feel alive or whatever. Yeah. So I go in and I say, I tell him the story and I say, should I bring it up? And my therapist goes, absolutely. If it was that memorable, absolutely bring it up. I go in, I meet Michael and I say, I've got to tell you, you may not, you, you, we've met before <laughs> I was on stage at Second City, and we did this. And this is what Michael said, and he's given me permission to, to tell the story. He goes, I'm sorry, I, I don't remember it because I was so drunk and high during that point in my life, I don't even remember doing satisfaction. Wow. Oh my God. He did not remember being at Second City. He didn't remember being in Chicago. He had no memory of really doing the movie. Isn't that amazing? Oh my god! Oh my. I know. Isn't that isn't that something? That's, 
one yeah, of the biggest. But, mo- it's crazy that one of the biggest moments in your life, one of the moments that yes, set it one off, of the biggest, a memorable laugh. Yeah, he has no conception. no clue. Wow. No clue. He has no memory however, of leaping onto leaping onto one of the improv comedians. Uh, he has no memory of leaping on right. and holding on Le- for forty leaping seconds. Leaping on. However, this is something I then remember about the audition. This is something I clearly remember. Is I had a f- they wrote a, Bill Lawrence as you know as everybody who's listening. Bill Lawrence is a fucking genius. Yeah, he is. He works very hard at being a genius. And sometimes he works to the last minute at being a genius, but nonetheless, he is a genius at what he has chosen to do. Yeah. Yes. He's, he makes things accessible, funny, weird. And, and, and let, let me get to, to, to that a little later. But I remember doing the scene and he wrote such a brilliant, funny line because he was a great writer. Um, um, Gary was a great showrunner. Not necessarily, he was a great captain. He was not necessarily as great a writer as some of the product that he put out. But when you have a, a genius like like Bill Lawrence, uh, you, you can get it. And Gary was able to, to teach things to Bill and generate things that Bill not only learned, but cultivated and made blossom even more. But the, the, I had one hilariously funny line that I read and Michael J. Fox I, I wonder if I can do it. I don't think I'm that late anymore and this chair's gonna, gonna roll. He jumped in the air like this and just landed. He jumped in the air with <laughs> laughter and landed on, <laughs> on the chair. He laughed that hard at my delivery. Wow. And I have to admit, I walked out of there going, the part is mine. Yeah, right. The part yeah, is mine. You knew it's, right there. It's, it's mine. We, and, we, uh, we, 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 Donald and I have spoken about his timing, uh, Michael J. Fox. I mean, I, I, I grew up watching Family Ties and I didn't know how to analyze comedy or, 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 or anything about it at a young age, but I just knew that he was doing something unique with his timing that was so special. And Bill has said to us that no one, no one could hold the, the pause and wait for the laugh better than, than Mike Fox. He, he just knew. It's like you watch those teenage girls playing double dutch and how they know just when to go in. Like Michael J. Fox was just so skilled at just the right amount of pause, right? He was. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you two things. Number one, uh, I heard Carl Reiner interviewed by Bob Costas. And Carl Reiner said, sitcoms were written by Jews to be acted by non-Jews. Mm-hmm. And Michael J. Fox has the rhythm of a Borscht Belt comedian. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Jewish guy. Like Michael J. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That is That's great, great, great talent. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms. Apply. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. 
This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. He, he, he has that rhythm. And now I'm going to tell you something else. This is sour grapes a little bit. Michael could hold for, the, for that. He could take a line and make it three lines. Yeah. And the camera would always be on him because he's Michael J. Fox and he's the star of the show. If we tried to do it, Gary would edit it and it would all be compressed. Right, right, Because right. we're not the star. Right. And you just got to understand, you're not the star. But I would, well, maybe I couldn't do what he did because quite honestly, what he did, some, <laughs> I've done this with Michael and I've done this with Christopher Walken. I have acted with them. And as they're talking, in my head, I'm going, really? That's how you're going to deliver the line? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's your choice? <laughs> 
That's your choice. That's what you want to say and how you want to say it. All right. That's it. That's going on in my head. Right. And I would do that with Michael. And I, I was lucky enough to act with Christopher Walken. And I see them on screen and it takes your breath away. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. It just um, hot, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're magnificent. And Michael, okay. And here's something different. I was also lucky enough to do a series with Carol Burnett. And there was a difference between the expertise of Carol Burnett and Michael J. Fox, who are, of course, the greatest who have ever uh, taken the right. screen on, on TV. Michael J. Fox played for the camera, but needed the audience to get his timing, to know, to, to, to hear, to, to get the whole milieu of the comedy. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a straight out drama. Mm. Wow. You know, you, you deliver it seriously, but he was able to play that laugh. Carol Burnett played to the back of the house, mm. but knew that the camera was capturing her. Yeah. She needed the audience. That's who she really played to, and the camera caught her. Right. And she and that that was the difference. I, as an actor, am more like I, I am more like Michael J. Fox. I have a hard time <laughs> with and 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 it's and it's worked for me and it's worked against me. It's worked against me to the point where I've been fired before because. I was playing for, I needed the audience and I needed the timing for it to work. But then I've also been on shows. I've also, I've been on a sitcom that lasted for five seasons. And I had an actress tell me one day, she was like, you know, I thought you were going to blow it until the audience got in. And then you turned it into something different. Absolutely. I'm one of those. I can't do it without the audience. If you're not going to laugh, if you're not going to give me the rhythm, and I think that's what's great about Bill, because Bill, at the audition for Scrubs, would give you the laugh. He he helped you create the rhythm in the audition. Yeah, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. And so exactly. I have, I have, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I have, a, I have a hard time. I appreciate people that are more like Bill because of that. Bill and Mike are perfect for each other. If that's the case. yes, they are. I call it you ride the laugh. Yeah, right. It gives you a breath. It gives you a, a way to get to the next sentence or, or the, or, and as Michael could do, he could either hold it or in my situation, you make a face, yeah. you know, you're riding the laugh. You, yeah. you, you know, I feel like you've got to say something, but, uh, but you're holding for the laugh. Yeah. I um, feel like Michael J. Fox would do this thing where he would almost start to like nod. Like he was, he was he was nodding along with the laugh, and the audience was was him. They were in his head was going. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're and they're I, I forgot what the I forgot what the example Bill told us was. It was something like shaving a haircut, two bits, what, or whatever it was. But the audience knew what the two bits of it all was. Oh, absolutely. That's and, that's the easiest thing. And then it's, Michael Fox would 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 just kind of nod with them, let them laugh, let them get ahead of it. Then, then just pause even longer. So they're like, "When is he going to do it? When is he going to do it?" And then just say, and then he would just say it, and they would guffaw. Absolutely, and that is a very that is a comforting thing. And the audience is relieved <laughs> that, 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 and that they were delivered by such a a waiter. Of, yeah, of words. yeah. It's it's, it's the, it is the greatest. It's, do you it's love great. um? Do you love? Hey, do, hold I mean, on, I've, I've got I've got to tell you one other thing. A lot mm-hmm. of times because of Michael's impairment, which we didn't even know about until the last year, but Michael couldn't have a long evening on Friday nights taping in front of the audience. So in order to make it shorter, all of the extraneous, that's the wrong word, all of the supporting cast, 
they had scenes, we would do their scenes and they were in, in swing sets in the back. So they were not in front of the audience. They would have just been shown on TV. Just pause there for the audience. Swing sets are sets that if you're doing a sitcom aren't right in front of the audience. They're, they might be out of, out of the audience's view, right? Right. The audience is seeing it live, but not with their, with their they're seeing it live on a screen, yeah. and, but, but not in front. Most of Michael's stuff was done in front of an audience, even if it was on a swing set, because that's what Michael wanted. So in order to get, and, and I was in, either the B or sometimes I was usually a C story that was all about me, but just took a few pages, but I did not get the audience. So I didn't hear that laugh and I couldn't ride it. Mm. But when I was in front of an audience, I of course was much better as, but those are some of the things that the people don't know, but it's absolutely fair. I, over the years, and you're going to, you're going to say, Oh no, no, Richard, no. I can't do four camera sitcom nearly as well as I got to, I'm a much better actor now and therefore to be big on four camera, which you really have to do. You have to, it's, it's, it's the greatest amalgam of theater and TV. Mm -hmm. I'm not nearly as good. So do you not, by by choice or by, by choice? I I can't do it anymore. It's not by choice. Okay. I am a better actor on single camera. I prefer single camera, meaning not four cameras going at once. You do Mm -hmm. a whole scene. It's uh, for the audience. It's it's one camera. They've lit it all up, and which is how uh, uh, Scrubs, Scrubs is done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, for for those who who, who uh, want to know, when you watch All in the Family, you watch Roseanne. There is a different look of those shows versus when you watch Scrubs. You can feel that difference of videotape and and uh, hear the audience. So that's uh, that is the difference. But you're very um, good at that. So you 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 wouldn't. Um... You know, if if a if a sitcom came up in in New York City, you would pass on it. If a sitcom came up in L.A., dude, that's all the golf in the well, world. Well, he's listen, he's, man, all, those he's schedules, all settled in, right? I'm just saying, I am not nearly as well. I want to say adept. I can't be as. I suppose I can't. You want to know something? I'm wrong because I'm lately doing the Goldbergs. Yeah. I'm huge on the Goldbergs, and that's single camera. That's single, I'm, yeah. I'm huge, and but the the the, the premise, the character is written. It's all heightened, huge. right? Yeah. Right. So right. I'm, I'll serve it. Absolutely. Tim Tim Hobart though had Timmy. A, is Tim Hobart running the Goldbergs? What is Tim Hobart working on the Goldbergs or running the Goldbergs? No, no, no. Tim oh. Hobart did that wonderful show, The Middle. Yeah, he ran yeah. The Middle, and I came on as a guest, and. Uh, Lee Salad Semmel, who I adore, came on and wanted my character to be a little larger. And I went, Lee, I, I don't do that anymore. And she sort of said, I know, but do it. <laughs> and so I had, I, I became larger for a single camera and it didn't feel comfortable. The, the person I was acting opposite was, should be big. I should be small so that she could be big. Yeah. Now we were both big, not my cup of tea, but I, I know the genre. I know what it had to be. I didn't want to do it. I yeah. agree with. I, I agree did. with you. You can't. The second, if you if you watch Scrubs, of course, there's times when we're, we're for example, Donald and I are both big, but usually we're riding a line where one person has the license to be the right. broader of the two, because you can't. Because if it's 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 if if you're both on that level, then it doesn't feel as as, as funny right. Or and not. John, of course, was written to be ridiculously. 
out outsized. Mm-hmm. You know, John uh, McGinley. Yeah. He was uh, he was he, he, huge. With even if he was small, it was it was that was that huge. You know, he's he was the, the, the medic, and um, uh, th- there are larger characters on the show, which made your show so wonderful. And there are enormous situations where, if you treat it realistically, they are that much funnier. So sometimes you're acting with uh, with with the script. Yeah. But um, but uh, I always thought that the the audience was the third member of the scene. Yeah. Uh, and and you do that in theater, and you do that in sitcoms in four camera, but you don't do it on Scrubs. No, it's scrubs. Funny. I, I've never, I've never, I've done guest spots on sitcoms. I, I, I did Donald's, and I and we did a we did a spoof of one on on the show Scrubs, but I I've never done it. Uh, I I I I think that I would my, my the theater guy in me would would probably have a lot of fun doing it. It's you a would. lot. Of, it's a you lot would. of fun. It's a lot of fun. This is my experience with it. It's a lot of fun on show night. I can't sleep after a show. I'm it's, so oh, charged. Oh, you're under, but, I'm well, so Donald, charged. That's what theater is. Right. Oh, wait, I've done on show night. Every actor goes out and has a drink or two yeah. after because who goes home from work after having all of this energy? Right. You just don't go, hey, you know what? It's it's uh, it's 1030. I'll go home and go to sleep. You don't. Right. Yeah. You go out I, and you have to let you have to let off steam after a day's work. Even yeah. even after even after the drink and I got home, I was still like this. You were still, no still way. up. There's and, no way. And, uh, but the thing about um, about theater is, it is a person's life compressed into two and a half hours. I call it a little piece of shampoo. It's this much. It's two and a half hours. But you rub it, and all of a sudden, it's it just all of this lather. It's it's mm-hmm. huge, all in this little dot. Yeah. And it's it's. Uh, it takes a lot to come down, and when you do a, a show, you are on inordinate energy. But you I gotta are- ask you, I, I gotta ask you this, man. When you do plays and stuff like that, don't you find that more gratifying than doing fulfilling? I should say than doing movies and TV and stuff like that. Like I cry at the end when I'm done with a play. I for some reason I'm crying at the end of it. I don't feel I- that way necessarily when I'm doing TV shows or when I'm doing movies and stuff like that. But at the end of a play, it just feels like, holy cow, what a release. Bill Lawrence got very insulted properly (laughs) about the story that I'm about to tell. And I didn't mean it this way. But I used to call TV was my waiter's job so that I could afford to do a play. Yeah. TV gave me the wherewithal, the money to raise children, have a house, eat so that I could go and starve because no matter what play you're doing, even if you're the highest paid person on stage, you're not making the money that TV and movie pays. And so I said, it's my waiter's job. And he took it like TV is a second rate job. It's not if you are lucky enough to be doing first rate material. Yeah, of course. Yes, sir, absolutely. However, however uh, I get more satisfaction doing plays. I am. I'm I'm thrilled in the rehearsal. In fact, just doing, I don't have to do a play for longer than a month. I like rehearsing I better agree. than doing the play. <laughs> I agree. When I did, when I did my six month run on Broadway I, I, and it ended, it was very sad, but I remember like collapsing on the ground being like six months was plenty. Yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. It's, this is, it's, look, it's not the salt mines. And it's also like going to the gym. Uh, you know, how going, getting to the gym Oh my God. Oh my God. But after the workout, 
you're happy you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting to the theater is, oh, Christ, this guy again, this life again, this show again. But then you do it and the show is over and you're happy. And the camaraderie, nothing, nothing. I think, Donald, one of the reasons you're crying is that nothing, even nothing in film and TV matches the camaraderie of of doing a play with a group of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're on you're on the line together, man. You're on it together. Together. If one person falls, somebody has to pull that person back or the play's going to fall apart. Every it'll fall apart. And when I did Summerstock when I was a kid and we did like 14 shows in 15 weeks, it was it was huge. And with the same cast, it was all a repertory company. And we, I, we were so close. And for a year or two, we were so close. I've, I don't keep in touch with one of them. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I said, these people will be my friends for the rest of my life. And then they don't. And well, you, you, you well, sometimes they do. Sometimes I take that back. I don't. I don't know about the. Like, I did a play uh, at uh, the Old Globe in uh, in San Diego. Uh, sure. Picasso at the La Panagiel. It's a Steve Martin play. It's a oh, one act. sure. And with with Joey, Joey Segal, huh? No, I did it with Justin Long. With Justin Long, was Dan Castellaneta in it? No, none of these people were in. Well, it. Well, then I know nothing of what you're speaking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It was, it was, but it was anyway. So we did a play there and I just remember thinking, wow, I really like these guys. I hope we hang out after this. And we do. I still talk to these guys. You know what I mean? I still, still, Justin and I, we FaceTime every now and then. Like, how dare you? I know, I know. I I knew if I brought this up, you would get upset. I don't want to hear about your relationship with Justin Long. I'm, my, my I'm still close with all the guys from Spin City, and you are obviously close with all the guys from Scrubs. No, of oh, course, absolutely, of course. And I, and I, uh, you know, there's people from the Bullets show and other shows that I, that I, you know, we don't see them that much, but we text and look. Well, I know I you have a tea say, time, so we want to let you go. But we're gonna I, let you go. But I, but hold on, I will say, and uh, I, I said this to you in, in a text or email, but um, uh, Zach, you are a great man. You're you're great at what you do. But I know the history that you had with your co-star, and you are great. Uh, you were a good, good man. I, I'm talking about your co-star in Bullets. Nick and, uh, yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm well aware of your goodness and your kindness, and anybody wants to look it up, we won't talk because it's so serious. But you are a great man. Well, thank you, sir. All I've yeah. done is uh, stand by um, my friends, which I which I hope that we we all would do. Um, we all if should. Some, if yeah. someone we love is is in is in need, that I think uh, we all aspire yeah. to be the person that'll show up. Yes. But listen, but- I want to I want to thank you, um, sir. We it is no smoke to say that we genuinely uh, admire you and look up to you and quote you all the time. I mean, Donald and Bill and I will be together, and we'll be just all of a sudden be like, I have Yaba. <laughs> I was waiting for that word. I was because I keep, I always forget it. You remember it. You remember yeah, we know. Word. And then you go, you go, you you go, uh, you go, um, you go. I have, I have Yaba, and and Cox goes. Oh, really? Have you been around um, the this this rare type of monkey? That's the only person to give that to you in in Africa. And you go, I have been to the zoo. Continue. <laughs> 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 Now, first of all, that is also the genius of Bill, who can write for me, who yeah. wrote brilliantly for me, and to choose the vowels that I can make a meal with. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, lot of people do, do, do an impression of me. I can't do an impression of me, except that uh, I used to be a recurring character on a show called The Commish. 
And, oh my gosh. And uh, uh, somebody, I was at a poker game and uh, they said, are you going to be here next week? And I go, I can't, I'm doing a commish. That's the only impression <laughs> I can do of me. I can't do me. But but when I when I say the words I have yama, that is those are the vowels that are just if you want the. But also your of, timing. There was a, an episode last week we did where you where uh, the janitor is trying to get you to conspire with him and 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 he's like, hey, I I if you uh, you know do X Y Z, I can help you. And you kind of look up and there's a long pause and you go, go on. <laughs> It's just two fucking okay. syllables, and it's funny. Well, the, right. And the one, the one that's really great is when he walks into the room and, and he's complaining about everything, <laughs> and they close the curtain on him. And Cox says to him, uh, "You know, this is going to cost you. Your your insurance is going to pay for this." And you oh, immediately and the open the door, and you're fully dressed. <laughs> <laughs> you walk. I remember that. That I do remember. How did you do that? Was that must... a cowboy? Was that a cowboy switch? How did they do that? Because no. it's. it's done so well it's not there's no cut there must have been people back there uh helping you because it's literally Come like a it's like a four second change and it's hilarious isn't that crazy yeah yeah it's oh here's amazing. what i wanted to say about bill and i mean this he started with spin city took it to a greater extreme with you guys two page three page scenes that add wow. up to a story that that was never done before. And when you get things like 30 rock and, and successive shows, it started with bill yeah. and it started on spin city a little bit, but it really continued with you guys. He yeah. is the creator. He is the mind behind the new thing because he was young and, uh, attention spans cameras but that's what he did he was he created that and it's astounding what he did and i don't think anybody credits him they all credit him with being great and you know and 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 and, and super successful and commercial but he did that with you guys i, I agree with you i don't I, think bill gets the credit he deserves i mean he's no respected. not at all not at now all. maybe now with ted lasso because guess what on sunday he might win the golden globe Oh, that'd be great. I love Ted Lasso. It's, it's wonderful. Episode it's two wonderful. was your favorite, wasn't it? Because that's the one I directed. It was. I did like it. I, I, I do know that, that you directed it. I actually do. Um, no, I have a feeling you two are going to work together soon. I have a feeling I, in some I, way. Are you kidding me? I, there's not, if, someone, if, if I'm directing something and there's something he's right for, I, I literally request him. I say, you have to ask Richard if he's available. And I'll shave. I will shave. For you. <laughs> I will All right, that. we'll let you go, sir, with your tea time. Um, but thank you so much. We love I, you. I love you both. I love don't you, know Daniel or Janelle, but um, uh, uh, great to see you guys. I'm Good very, very happy. Well. Thank, you. Well. Right. thank Ladies you. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Richard Kine! Bye, buddy. Take care, Richard. Later. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after these fine words. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God, I can't stop laughing. You guys, 
What? Daniel and I were messaging while we were listening, and I was like, "It's so rare you just get to sit back and listen and like uh, love a podcast while you're recording ever. it." He's, that he's was the best. So Dude, fucking good. The best. So far. That was oh, amazing. Guys, you guys, he had like nine thousand more stories to tell, but I was like, we promised we'd get him up for his tea time. I'm like, shake. We have to see if we can come back and tell us more stories. Seriously? That was amazing. He's By the way, he's got he's got so many stories, uh, you know, because he's just a journeyman actor who's been in a zillion things. Mm-hmm. But I really want everybody out there who is an actor and who is coming up and everything. Just listen. If you if this podcast did anything for you today rewind to when he's talking about auditions mm. that is those are jewels those yep. are gems given to you yeah. from richard kind and i'm telling you right now i'm gonna i'm gonna use them i'm me gonna too. steal a lot of the stuff he me said too. today me too and by the way you don't even have to be an actor it's about if you're going into a job interview or if you're going into a big meeting it's about like the, the just mind you're going to mind fuck yourself one way or the other. Why not mind fuck yourself into like, I'm a badass and you guys are going to be fucking lucky to have me. By the way, you're saying this in your mind, not out loud. Right. Not out loud. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you writing us being like, I said it out loud. Like you said, I walked right into the audition. <laughs> Give me right. this part because you know, I'm, I'm the one who's going to make you the most money. Doesn't work out of your mouth. All right. Well, listen, obviously, because Richard hadn't seen the episode, I, which was a ultimate blessing in disguise because we got to talk about so much more. We'll we'll do this episode next time. Right, yes. Joelle? Yeah. And then come up next and we'll just call this uh, conversation with Richard kind. Um, I want to. Daniel, talk- this gives us a chance to do a rap if you want to do one. OK, we'll try. I'll see Please. what I can do. This episode was very funny, by the way. Yeah, it had uh, some great moments. I laughed out loud a bunch, Donald. I just have to say, when you say, um, well, first let's not of all, get into it. Let's let me just say one it. thing: okay. when you're with the heavy set gal and you're pushed into the mattress, I do and like BBW, and, and it's not, it's not a fantasy. She has, she has in real life pushed you down into the mattress. That was yeah. funny. I, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I love the fact that Turk likes BBW. That's a beautiful thing, baby. Yeah. Well, I like BBW, too. Listen, Donald, um, we have to tell everyone our big news. Should we tell everyone our big news? Oh my God. We're we doing Family to? Feud, y'all. We're there doing yeah. Family well, thanks, Feud. Thanks. I thought I was going to be the get to one to tell Oh, them. my oh, bad. Shit. Do it, do it, do it. Daniel, you're fine. No, no, no. Leave it, Daniel. Listen, it is one of my childhood dreams. I never thought in my life that I would get to be on Family Feud. And I'm talking, I used to watch back in the day when Richard Dawson was like groping people. Um, now, but, but now, Steve Harvey, my, one of my life goals is to say something on Family Feud that will make Steve Harvey do his classic deadpan look away. And we have been contacted. I don't know how many podcasts have been on Family Feud before. I, I heard that Office Ladies, but I don't know how many others. But the four of us, and Bill, because it's five players, are going to represent fake doctors, real friends on Family Feud. Amazing. I'm so thunderous excited. applause, Dan. Daniel, thunderous applause. Thunderous applause. Now, Daniel, I know you're particularly geeked about this. Can you tell us what you're feeling? Don't do that no. on Family Feud, dude. Don't do that not. on Family Feud. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. In my head, there are moments when I'm about to encounter someone that I admire or that I'm a really big fan of. And I take a second and I think about what I'm going to say before I get there. And you know 
that for however long until we get on Family Feud, I'm going to be running through everything that I'm going to be saying to Steve Harvey before we step on that stage because I am truly beyond geeked. As such a huge fan of game shows and watching Family Feud and all of that. I mean, like, it, you know, a story from the tour bus. When Ian, when me and my best friend were on tour as Gladiator, that was what we would watch on the tour bus. We would yes. watch Family Feud with everybody just back to back to back to back. It was our favorite thing. And this is like, I mean, I, I'm so thankful. I really can't even express. We gotta it win, guys. And you know, you know, oh, we're when, gonna you know win. when we come out of the huddle, whoa, we gotta be whoa, clapping. Whoa. And you know to say, um, you know, you guys know to say, good answer, good, good answer, answer, good answer, answer. good answer. So supportive. Good answer. Yeah, Donald, you Listen, gotta practice but, your good answer. Okay, because I've watched Family Feud before when somebody said of something, and everybody was supportive, saying good answer, good answer. And I wanted answer. to be like, that's not a good answer. <laughs> no, but you got to be supportive, I wanna, bro. I want to be able to say that's not a good answer. Just okay. one, <laughs> just one time. If somebody says something dumb, even if it's me, I want to be like, that's not a good answer. I gotta say, I'm so excited, you guys. When I found out this news, I was like, this is, this is a little piece of you know, in this pandemic, a little jewel of something that is so exciting yes. to me we got to figure it. out who we're going to be up against mm. that's up i mean well no they pitched i don't want to tell who but they pitched a couple of people that are already in the slots and or they said if you have a team that that you guys want to pitch to go up against where our ears are open so i don't know oh. i mean look i think the obvious choice is we go up against something that's very similar to scrubs i know office uh, ladies would have been perfect but they've already done it apparently yeah. one of my instagram followers told me that the office ladies was up against scott foley's actual family I, they were i watched that episode yeah, <laughs> yeah. well his so, family, maybe his we should we should go up against actual, scott foley's his, family <laughs> his, scott foley's actual family is a bunch of famous people really? him his wife his sister-in-law his 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 brother-in-law oh. yeah they're all, right. all they're all very good well we really want we want to go actors. against people that will be funny because that's what mm -hmm. make the whole show fun they're funny we want, too we want we, we don't want okay. we don't want a dud no no i'm not saying foley i'm saying we want we want the other team to be funny because you know most importantly we want our episode to be hilarious right absolutely we want the funniest family feud survey says time. right oh my god i'm gonna t I, do you think steve harvey will let me touch his mustache <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Not in COVID times, that. huh? What if what, what if I put on a glove? Oh my God. I do not think that's a good idea. If you want you a deadpan what? stare, though, that's how you get it. Can I touch that is mustache? how you get it. You touch his mustache. Daniel, you, you probably watch more episodes than any of us. Do you know the best way to... You just say something outrageous to get the deadpan stare. He, you usually know, he sexual? Likes... Usually with a sexual innuendo? Bingo. There you go. Yeah. Look, I'm going to do my impression of it for you guys. <laughs> it's spot on. <laughs> it's there. The eyes. You gotta do the face. open mouth one too. The open mouth one. <laughs> I sent when we found out you guys listening. When we found out, I sent all these guys all my favorite Steve Harvey gifts. <laughs> Incredible! Oh, I'm so excited. Gotta By the way, there's ready. a Scrubs tie-in because on like episode whatever was it four or something, we we cut to when Louis Anderson was hosting. We cut yeah. to we cut to that. We were on the show for boobs. For boobs. Yeah. I'm gonna go with boobs. Louis? I wasn't on that episode. You I wasn't in that on fantasy. That. I was. I was very upset about it. I even spoke about it on the podcast. All um, right. So look, next week, for, I guess Thursday for you guys because this is for Tuesday. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thursday, yeah. we will dive into the episode that we were supposed to dive into today. Um, all right. Um, otherwise, other news. Um, don't forget to mark your calendars for March twenty sixth. Live show. Uh, we're going to do a live show that's going to be amazing. I had a really good idea for a musical guest that I'll tell you guys secretly. 
Tickets and, go on um, sale uh, Friday. If you're listening to it on Tuesday, Friday, tickets for the live event will be going on sale Friday, March Oh, 5th. that's exciting. Yeah. Now, are we going to cap the audience? This is something we haven't talked about. Mm. Why would we cap them? Well, I mean... Special event, man. You, I mean, if you if, if there's two schools of thought. One is just like let anyone in the world who wants to come in, who wants to buy a ticket, mm-hmm. come in. And then the other school of thought is like, no, let's make it special and 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 limit the amount of people in the quote unquote theater, like you would if you were touring. I think the great thing about a virtual tour is that everybody can join in. All right, so we just talked infinite. To, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about O2 and all of that stuff. Yeah, There's exactly. no way you can do O2 numbers if we cap. But what room. about the supreme model of selling clothing, where it's like, sorry guys, we only had a thousand seats. Listen, our first live show. Yeah, but though, the last small, thing I want to do. Theater. Yeah, the first real live show, mm-hmm, small mm-hmm. intimate theater. Okay, right. so maybe as this we go is... forward, we do bespoke ones. Mm. Yeah, I think this. Mm. I think this is for everybody. We, all okay. our listeners want this, and so we should give them right. the opportunity. And you know, if you don't want this, I, I, I would implore you to change your mind. It's gonna. Things are gonna, gonna happen. That first of all, it's gonna be a gonna, lot of fun. Things are gonna happen that don't happen on the show. Oh yeah. You think? What? Oh they yeah. Be? We're going to have um, a musical guest, at least. Right. We're going to interact with our fans. Okay. Um, you're gonna, they're going to be able to look at our faces. Donald will show his melted Hershey's kisses. That's true. Um, by March 26th, <laughs> which is one month from today, I'm hoping to have uh, abs. So uh, maybe, we'll, maybe I'll show you them. Maybe. If, if, listen, if I drop a few more pounds, I will show melted Hershey's kisses oh, okay. you guys can hear you guys can hear about what the what it's all about you can you know see what else what we could do about. as a pitch I'll tell the audience this pitch that I think you might like shafter balls you, you could no, no shafter balls. <laughs> by the way speaking of shafter balls this is kind of like our only fans we're doing an only fans event yeah but it's like shafter balls too, oh. except we're not going to show you know balloon nut um I wanted to say that maybe we sing Gilo. no why not no no why not? no because we you scared like, you scared you scared you think I'm scared to sing you scared you can sing guy love right now it's not no, a big deal that's for the special event dick neck dick neck it's not a big deal you rub dick your neck. neck I'm a dick neck so that means my face is the what Where's the head the tip okay and you rub your neck and you look like a giraffe when that shit grows oh boy oh gosh <laughs> my goodness what? Oh, I'm a <laughs> Fucking look like E.T. when it grows. Yes. Is that what you're saying? E.T. when he's fucking like. <laughs> oh, God. I hope it's a little girthier than E.T.'s neck. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Ah. You, your dick neck has a lot more girth than E.T.'s dick neck. Oh, <laughs> There go all our sponsors. All right. Listen, <laughs> let's get out of here while we're ahead. Joelle, you all right? I'm dying. Don't worry, Joelle. You can unpause Rebels any moment. Listen, guys. <laughs> Did you watch WandaVision? No, no I'm not yet. caught up. Don't say a word. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch last week? Did you watch it? I watched last week's. I watched last week's. I haven't watched last night's. No, Donald's oh the kind of guy that gets up in the morning and watches. I know. I, I, we, my wife and I watched it this morning because we had the kids were at school and we had a little bit of time before the podcast and, oh. and, uh, all Sorry, right, I didn't mean to okay. unlatch. I didn't that's mean all, to unlatch. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Leave <laughs> we'll it at there. that. We'll get there. Leave it at okay. that. Get your baby back on the nipple. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Easy. 
Easy. There it is. <laughs> All right. There's gonna go. be a kid. There's gonna be a kid that hears that one day and is gonna be like, "I'm so troubled." It just reminds me of my mom's teat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about Zach's voice, but it reminds me of suckling on my mom's teat. Oy, 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 oy. All right. Uh, let's end this. That was awesome. That was such a surprise. Amazing. And it's such a great example of how, like, when the second he said he hadn't seen the episode, I was like, rut row. And then I was, that was one of the most entertaining guests we've had. Um, I, yeah, I, he has so many stories, man. Oh. And, and well, next you time know, we got to ask him about uh, the, the Clooney, all his Clooney uh, uh, anecdotes yes. because no doubt. Clooney of it all. he's Clooney's best friend. And they, and he, and, and he was, uh, Clooney was best man at his wedding. And I'm sure they have a lot of adventures uh, that, that, that will get Richard to tell. I cannot stress this enough. The jewels that he left were sacred. And so, please, if you are in business and you have fear of walking into rooms and being in front of people, or if you need a new anecdote because the old one's not working anymore, rewind this episode. Great talk with Richard Kind, guys. Yes. Um, all right. We love you all, and uh, we'll see you next time. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.